I don't. Can you just sit on the keg instead? You can't sit on a keg again this week. I don't. Shut up. The, the pop it keeps ending up in weird places, and this chair is so squeaky. Wait a second, guys. What? Our patrons. I forgot. Our Patreon stools are here. They are. Yeah. Screw these chairs. What are these Get chairs? Rid of these chairs. God damn it. Holy Patreon crap. Have arrived. Patreon souls. New chairs! Oh, thank you so much against the grain. I'm ready to sit, sit your my ass down. Sit my ass down. Wow. <laughs> this was a genuine reaction and not planned. Another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. My name is John Ronane. I'm joined this evening by the other uh, two members of the Louisville Ale Trail. That's Michael Moeller and David Satterley. Hi. We're here this evening to talk to you guys about the latest and greatest in kind of Louisville and regional beer happenings, trends, uh, what we've been drinking, what we've been trying, what we've been into. Beer-wise, I don't know what you guys have been into otherwise, and I, I don't, I don't want to keep it that way. Cocktails. We can, we can yeah. talk about that. Uh, but first, we will, as you guys saw in the intro, give a big shout out to our patrons on Patreon. Uh, for last last upgrade was the audio equipment from you guys. We hope you are uh, noticing and appreciating the improved quality of the audio. And this week, the eternal... Uh, thank you, David. Please adjust your mic while I talk about the... Uh, it's right in my yeah. face. I you know, can't mine's see a little hot too, anything. So. I'll lower it a little down while you're doing that too. All right, let's, 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 let's do all this. adjust the let's, mic. Let's all just all do this. This is for you, right patrons. Now. Thank <laughs> you. This no, the quality right. that you've come to expect. No, it's, you, it's for everybody. Everybody gets this right now. You pay for this face. Yeah. And okay. the second uh, upgrade, which we just teased in the intro is new chairs um so that's been a problem that's plagued us uh, since time immemorial the little squeaky chairs that we have in here in the homebrew shop um but could we all just do a little wiggle to see here the audio silence can't even hear it nothing radio silence and if you want to see that wiggle <laughs> yeah come to our patreon but seriously everybody who has been supporting us thank you so much uh our goal with this whole project uh Kentucky Commons Radio Hour and Louisville Ale Trail and all the other stuff that we have our uh, tangled tentacles into is just to show off Louisville and to show off the beer community that exists here. Um, and that really is you guys. So thank you very much. And uh, we really, really do appreciate everybody who helps and listens and shares and gives us five stars on whatever podcast platform they're listening to this on right now. Uh, with all that aside, let's start with what we're drinking this week. And I was at the liquor store earlier today, as one is, and I uh, was just perusing the beer cave. And on our last podcast, if anybody listened to that, our, our guest, Nathan Molesky, uh, famous Wisconsinite, or Wisconsinian, I can't remember what he told me was the correct verbiage. Wisconsinite. Yeah, we were answering Reddit questions, and one of the questions was, what's the most like rednecky beer out there? Uh, Bushlight was the kind of uh, thing that we all kind of came to. And Nathan made a crack about Bush Latte, which I thought was just like a play on words, which I guess is. It's just kind of a joke people make about it. When I was there, I learned that Bush has actually leaned into this and <laughs> made Tallboy 16-ounce uh, aluminum cans with a screw-off lid of Bush Latte. 
so tall boy is 24 ounces oh okay so this is just a regular these are just regular and a funny kind of tall boy yeah so like i I knew that the the bush latte they they embraced the meme culture of it but it's really funny this is one of the first times i've looked at this and uh it actually actually have to point it out Mm -hmm. does not contain dare your coffee yeah 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 they leaned into that on the box too (laughs) so and I, I will say, after having had a Bush latte, uh, and after having us, you know, if we're, we kind of ragged on it a little bit last week, is the most red ink beer. This it's great. All right, I'll I'll crack one open. Yeah, see what like give us your tasting notes, Michael. There's nothing wrong with being a redneck. No, there's nothing. It's in fact the you know the backbone of uh, this country. What do you think? Uh, I, no. Smells like. I thought it was hard work in your bootstraps that you're supposed to pull yourself up by. That's country music, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like, yeah, it's, it's fine. I don't care. It's not all my right. favorite. So in addition to the, the Bush Latte, which is really just a callback to last week's episode, in case you guys didn't catch that. And just because uh, I will say this 15 pack costs like $8. So <laughs> beer inflation world, not a bad move. Do you think it's better or worse to chug this? Uh, well, it's got to be cold. Depends, yeah, like, that's entirely like, true. Warm Bush Lattes foul and it depends on what your goals are because i like to, I, I just took like a big like swig of it and i regretted that big swig so now i'm just like do i just want to finish it all at once Dude, to get I've over had, with like, or i've had two of it? these the third one tastes way better than the first is it, one is this just a giant underberg bottle where you like it's not to be sipped it's to be taken <laughs> all at once because it's a, of its aromatic that is what the bitters. shapes would lead you to believe that yeah kind of like vortex uh it's very thing. Uh, slim uh, underbush if you will all right, what else are we drinking this week, guys? Let's not talk about Bush Latte too much. Uh, this is the other beer I was excited for us to talk about. Um, one of the newer, not the newest, but close to uh, Louisville Breweries is Hometown Brewing. Uh, right down the street from us here, we actually, I think we can tease this at least, are working on a collaboration with them for our Legend Series releases. Uh, so for those of you who have been following along with those, we'll have some more details to share about that soon. But it's uh, kind of a version of one of the homebrew recipes we've done here in the shop for years and years and years and developed with our customers. Our mission was to kind of make um, a beer that could maybe be incorporated into a novelty pizza. So we'll share more details with you about that. But we're going to go and brew it with them in a couple weeks and then we'll have a big release party where we share all that stuff. But in the meantime, we do have some other beer from them that they started canning. I've seen this popping up in Kroger. I've seen this popping up, obviously, all over their social media and in the tap room. But tell us about this beer. Whoever has the inside scoop. It's a pale ale. Just a pretty simple pale ale. American it's their, pale ale. Uh, long body ale. Long body. Uh, and, and to that point, yeah, you can find it uh, in a few of their uh, different craft house locations that they have around town. Select Kroger locations. Um, but where you might see it the most is where the general population might see it most is Lynn Family Stadium during Lucid FC or yeah. racing games. Oh, I actually didn't even connect that. The whole like can should be screaming that to me, but the colors and the like branding, it's all the same. I as don't the, know if that was intentional. Like, yeah, okay. semi-intentional. Okay, branding. well, I, I dig it. I just made the connection after you said that, so it's, it's good marketing. It's purple and gold, kind of like the Lucid colors, but yeah. yeah. Like a simple American pale ale, um, clocks in a little higher at six and a half or six point seven percent, but also served in an amazing uh, sixteen ounce can, which yeah. is the appropriate volume for beer. Cascade hops and uh, yeah, that's about all the information I got out of it. So it's of kind the, of like, it's, area, a, it's a, from my understanding, it's kind of like a smash beer, you know, like Cascade single malt, like easy drinking. It's the first time I've ever had a hometown beer out of a can. Though. Me too, actually. Yeah, let's try it. I've had their I've had this beer before. 
One of my favorite things to do recently, especially, is to actually just go to Hometown on Preston Highway. Uh, excuse me, it's now Craft House Pizza mm-hmm. with Hometown Brewing. But uh, to go in there, and I always feel like right now that it's really hot outside, and their AC is perfect. Nice. And, 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 <laughs> Unlike you're in the shop right now. Yeah. <laughs> Ours is working as hard as it can. And just like the bar is really nice. Like it's a nice material bar. It's very reflective, which is kind of cool. Um, and it's kind of dark over by the bar too. Like it's a lightly, it's like it's a well a restaurant, but like over by the bar, it's a little bit darker. The color is a little bit more yeah. black and, and gray. And I just feel like I'm hiding from the heat. Heck this, yeah. In the Beer cave. Room. Yeah. I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but the last time I got carry out from uh, from hometown from craft. What was it? What's the restaurant named? Craft House Pizza. They've no. just been re- in the process of rebranding all this and I am old, so it's going to take me a while. But uh, I sat at the bar, ordered some stuff to go, wait, drank a couple beers. The guy next to me was 20 years my senior and uh, just started telling me about like how him and his wife had traveled all across the country. Now he lives in Louisville and like how he really doesn't really understand what all this kind of new beer stuff is about, but he really does like the beer. You know, you have these conversations with people and hometown's one of those places where it's very uh, and it's a very eclectic. It's the beard not beard 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 the beard nerds and beer snobs are not their like primary demographic, which is perfect. Yeah, That's exactly. Fine. Exactly. And and the beers, you know, great. It's great. It's just good to sit, have out. I personally think that beer and pizza go together fantastically. You think so? Yeah. That could be a thing. We uh, could do like beer on. and pizza. Yeah. yeah, they are the first to innovate that for sure. <laughs> None of the other places around the entire Louisville doesn't have uh, Louisville breweries don't have pizza. What are you talking about? <laughs> but it's always a good addition. Uh, I will just throw out a plug. The lunch special is a banger. Yeah. Um, basically get like a pizza, a small salad and a beer for like 10 bucks. 12. Yeah. 10, 12 Not bucks. a banger if you want to have a productive afternoon. <laughs> but John, you're supposed to have Saturday. one beer yeah. with the special. <laughs> the pizza gets me more than the beer. Uh, three three beer lunch. I'm good. But throw pizza into the mix. That's, you know, that's it for me. You know, I will say I'm not I'm not saying it's going to happen every week, but on Wednesdays, which is when we record, we've uh, on the Louisville Ill Trail social media, we've been doing these beer features of the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're based on a couple different factors. It could be a new release that we're really excited about, but it could also just be something that we know is always readily available and could be picked up uh, multiple locations or, or, or just maybe just something that's a little bit easy drinking. And uh, today was the long body ale that we posted about. So I figured because I had these cans anyway, yeah. why, not, why not bring them in? We don't see them in cans that often uh, or rather I mean I just haven't brought them in before for the show or for the meetings so um, yeah I thought it was, was kind of fun time yeah and this can tie back into a segment later in the show but this does remind me of just that kind of more old school like American pale ale it's got it's, a malt character it's very to it. old school yeah like, it's got like some kind of darker uh, melanoid and maillard reaction kind of what just kind of like caramelly kind of things going on maillard maillard Millionard? Yeah. Millionard. Caramelization. You, you own a homebrew shop. How do you pronounce it? My yard. Whatever, dude. No, I'm talking about something else. <laughs> something you don't even know about. It's like extra science. Oh, it's, it's like a duck. It's, it's, like a it's, mallard. It's, it's <laughs> science 2.0. I told you I've had three bush lattes already. All right. So give me a break. Wow, you're really hydrated. Yes. Um, but no, this is cool. And I'm. it's nice to see. They did also the Cumberland Red Ale. So they kind of do have like a tie back to just the kind of historic. The essence yeah. of these kind of american beers well the the owners have also lived in louisville for several years i mean they're they're not like new to the city this isn't a new venture i think there was just an interest in beer yeah uh if we want to touch on the red air real quick i mean that was a throwback to uh cumberland brewing 
uh, on Bartown Road, uh, kind of in the heart of the Highlands. And in its heyday, it was like one of the earliest beer joints, craft beer joints. Yeah. Um, I, I know we've talked about it before. I was going to say, if you um, want to go back four months on the podcast, you yeah, can hear we, this we story. Have. But that, that throwback to the Cumberland Red, which they recreated and... I think they called it uh they called it cumberland, cumberland, cumberland red. red yeah yeah, yeah. um that was a throwback to uh one of the original brewers there um so they you know the investment in the communities there um long-standing and uh i hope that they continue to package because it's really cool to be able to go in and see a new label and new company out on the shelves they have a solid team though too not not to just keep seeing the praises of 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 them but like yeah they came out to the craft beer throwdown at mile wide their whole team was out they had their little spin wheel whenever you see them they're usually like five of them are all together mm -hmm. <laughs> not like you, they don't always need to be there like not yeah, all of them yeah, need right. to be there and they're always just so happy like but, they yeah like just just joyous you know they almost won an axe throwing tournament yeah, second yes. place, right? First loser, third? A oh, third, whatever. I can't remember these things. Second. No, it was second. second. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they almost. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, it was down to the wire. Well, people ask us a lot, like, where are the places I should go in Louisville that I haven't been? And uh, so that's that's one place to recommend if you've not tried it yet to go down uh, Preston Preston Highway, right by the highway and uh, check out check out Hometown Brewing Company. Speaking of questions that people ask us, you know, we sometimes like to even go further afield to try to answer beer related questions so much so that we have uh, scoured the Internet. Michael Muller actually took the lead on this earlier today. We did a segment last week answering some uh, questions from our beer, the beer subreddit. And we thought that was a lot of fun. We got some good feedback on it from the listeners. Um, so we thought we'd revisit that this week. I'll say a preface at the beginning. If you guys have random beer questions or apparently like relationship advice needs, uh, send us a, yeah, we're here. Send us we're an email, send us a DM. Or if you guys are one of our patrons, uh, just shoot us a message via Patreon and we'll work that in. But uh, what, what, what are the people, you know, what, what, <laughs> where does our wisdom inquiring minds yeah. wanting to know? Yeah. You know, we did this last week. I thought it was, Fun to bring up again. Not sure if it's going to happen every week, but until we run out of good content, we'll just keep doing it. Uh, <laughs> so this, and I don't want to like... We're almost out of good content. <laughs> Our beer is a treasure trove. All of like the subreddits is a treasure trove of just goodness. I, I, I do want to stress, I mean, we're sitting here with Bush Lattes just because it was mentioned on the podcast last week as we answered one of these things. I don't want this to become a, a, a trend in which we talk about something and then the next week we have to drink it unless it's really good beer in which case fine, we'll, we'll do that it's fair but no more bush lights we'll see how this uh, we'll see how this q a goes you're pronouncing wrong it's a latte whatever <laughs> all right uh i only got a couple this week uh this is coming from user eat ass not grass okay which is gonna be great uh i also will go ahead in, in addition to the title i'll read the whole caption to Actually, no, I decided not to do that. Okay. I'm not going to do that. That's fair. Just, just the title. <laughs> you just want me to read it? Going camping and want to know what's the best dark beer to get. Hmm. That's it. That's, That's the question. It. That's it. Yeah. So they're, they're camping. So dark. You know, so there's dark. a lot of they, ways they to want, approach They that. want a dark beer when they camp, which you is want high weird, ABV. but okay. You also don't want to necessarily carry a bottle around because when you drink the can, you can crush it and then put it back in your pack to pack out. So I'm thinking high ABV. And I'm thinking in an aluminum can. And since you're near a place where you want to hike, I'm also thinking like Asheville. What's the uh, Oscar Blues like really high ABV stout? I mean, there's or High Wire. They're 10W. Uh, 10W40. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. 
Also so, okay, so this I will go ahead and read this then. Trying to get into beer on a camping trip as opposed to getting shit-faced from liquor, because that sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, yada, yada, yada. A coffee-flavored dark beer I had at a diner once upon a time was what ultimately got me interested into giving beer another chance because I enjoyed it so much. If anyone knows solid or really good dark beers or ale... Yeah. <laughs> or ale yeah. that you could find at the grocery store or gas station that's affordable, I'd appreciate it. So that was the rest of the contest. There's no locale. <laughs> Nothing. Just dark beer, maybe, <laughs> maybe East Coast, West Coast. Maybe preferably coffee flavored and uh, maybe an ale. If it's not an beer, ale. it's an yeah. ale. Yeah. yeah. Um, and here, if you're in the Ohio Valley, I'll just uh, if you're I I think tin cans are a prerequisite if you're camping. So I'll I'll also shout out against the grains uh, 70k is a nice big stout you can take with you camping. Lots of chocolate, lots of coffee. That's not canned. Yes, they do can that. No, it's bottles. 35K is. Well, ask him to put it in a growler for you. (laughs) That's a bottle. (laughs) That's glass. That's a giant growler. Eat ass, not glass. Yeah. That's his username, right? Um, I I default to Mawai Uncle Disheveled. Also a good move. One of the best coffee beers out around. Fan favorite. One of my favorites. Uh, It's still on. And... uh, I love the joy of it is that uh, they used to only do it once a year. Everyone bitched and moaned about it, which is rightfully so. It's very good. Um, so now they have it like more often, but it's less popular, but I can always get it. So it's kind of selfishly like this is great. Um, I'm trying to think of like accessible coffee beers like because those those don't seem to have like shelf life normally. Yeah, I'm trying to think of ones that are Colorado or kind of West Coast. I, I think we're just looking at this the wrong way and the answer is none uh if you're if you're camping why, why are you wanting why are you wanting to have a coffee beer when you go camping for the morning no no that's not that's not no that's not what's going on he, he wants to have it like in the middle of a hike or at the end of the day <laughs> that's refreshing and yeah. that i mean yeah sure if, if you if he specifically said in the morning but i feel like he would have mentioned that if that was the case. No, this dude, he just summited uh, a peak on, on somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, he was just like, okay, cool. Let me, let me crack open a nice lukewarm coffee beer. <laughs> That's not going to get me shit faced. Yeah. I'm going to stick to, I'm going to stick to 10 W 40 from high wire. That's mine. But uh, yeah. Just also, drink, drink what, did, what did our friend just call his dry January experience? <laughs> Drunk January. There's also something to be said for that. And your your username uh, thinks that suggests that that might be applicable. All right. But if you were to just, uh, I guess, uh, more of a national high wire is pretty big. Sure. Uh, David, any thoughts on like a more widely available coffee, beer or ale? <laughs> yeah, I love the beer or ale comment. Um, sorry, nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't see that many big loggers, to be I, fair. But you can, it, you can get like now, I'm in this context of like, how can I get this guy to fall back down the hill after he's climbed it? Maybe we should suggest bil for this gentleman. No, I was gonna say more like uh, Lagunitas, like Willitize. Oh, there you go. Giant bourbon barrel coffee stout. <laughs> I also like that he prefaced in in that context. He was like. <laughs> trying to get into beer on a camping trip as opposed to getting shit faced from liquor because that sucked yeah so like he yeah. brought liquor on the camping <laughs> trip before and got yeah. shit faced and regretted it yeah 
I'm gonna make him regret the beer. Too. <laughs> Which, and, and by the way, I, I will say, like I've I've brought you know nice crispy boys on a on a camping trip before and overnight. But that being said, like I kind of like to bring a little flask of bourbon. I, that's yeah. that's my preference on yep. an overnight trip. I think that's why liquor was invented, like just <laughs> so I could fall asleep. Yeah. Just make, make it some more, make it portable. Pop a couple Benadryls in and drink a flask of bourbon. <laughs> yep, <laughs> sounds like my Saturday night. <laughs> All right, incredible. All right, well, so we I'll hope that helps. That we hope that helps. Uh, the second one comes from um, user Sapernova99913. Stout beers taste like soy sauce. What mm-hmm. the fuck is going on? Umame. Why is he so drinking that, Dark Ward? That goes back to that. Um, help me. What's Give me the correct pronunciation. And there is there there is an answer to this, by the way, I think. I mean, there, there, there was a discussion of why this is, but I thought it was funnier. Of the caramelization process? The Maillard, Maillard? The Maillard reaction? Oh, yeah. So it's not that, but it, it is the Mallard reaction, uh, which is when a duck gets into the mash tun. No, but it is that kind of caramelization of those long chain kind of starches. Um, first, they get caramelized, then they get really caramelized, and then they'll start to burn, which gives you the kind of like more chocolatey coffee kind of flavors. But right in that in-between point is where you kind of hit that umame territory where it kind of is thick, thick, soy saucy, honestly. Very, very famously, Three Floyd's uh, Dark Horde that they release once yeah. a year. That is mostly akin to soy sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and some people have a huge affinity for it. And then they take several barrels of it and put adjuncts and other things into it. And those generally come out fantastic. So it purposefully tastes like soy sauce? Is that the idea? I, it's... Isn't and that, some of them, and some of them add other adjuncts too. That kind of, in my opinion, too, the yeast gets stressed out, and so you get a little yeah. bit of kind of a yeasty breadiness that kind of adds to that deep caramel flavor that kind of ends up tasting kind of. Sometimes purpose is not the same as consistent, and mm-hmm. consistent would lean into purpose, and it's consistently been like that for several years. Thank you, Confucius. Wow. That was very, that was very wise. That was very wise. Uh, but I just, if if there is a brewery in Louisville that would that would make a soy sauce beer. Who, who would it be? Soy sauce, soy sauce sour. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. On purpose. Atrium. Okay. If they had like a deal with a sushi restaurant to have like a night, Spencer could crank out a good soy sauce beer if he wanted to. There's no such thing as a yeah. good soy sauce <laughs> If you had an intention for it, you absolutely could make well, a good soy sauce beer. If I got a like A5 Wagyu and poured my soy sauce beer over it. I think we're on to something actually. Like that could actually be really good. No more free ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but no, at the end of the day, it's just that advanced caramelization that is almost scorched, but not twi- quite. It just ends up in that kind of savory category. And I, I, I think that blends with a few other notes that like it's usually higher ABV, uh, the, which kind of lends itself to yeast producing a little bit more like esters, just those kind of like bready, fruity qualities that all kind of comes together to give it that umame um, kind of flavor. So I hope I hope that's helpful. Do like umami. Also, some people add soy sauce to their beer. Don't tell anybody. Not really. So there was one other question people have been asking. This wasn't on Reddit, but this was just in the hearts and minds of the listeners, uh, which is it is hot as heck. You got we the, if the audio quality is not as good as it was last week, we do have the AC pumping and it's still a little bit swarm in here. Perfect time for a good coffee beer. I'm, or, or, yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating. Yeah, exactly. So do you guys have like uh, summer beer spots that you like to go to around town? Like when it's hot as hell or when you're just kind of out living life in Louisville or anywhere you travel? Do you, have you ever had like a great summer beer experience? 
That sounds kind of weird, but you know what I'm getting at. Hot beer summer. Uh, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. where what is hot beer bro summer look like to you guys? I'm not gonna say around town, but just in general, what I've learned about myself recently after a trip to Asheville, and also just harkening back to other, you know, beer vacations in the past. Um, anything that has like a farm environment to it. Oh, for sure. Um, so locally, we have West Six in Frankfurt, the West Six Farm. Yep. Uh, in Asheville, um, uh, Fontaflora had a farm that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, Scratch in Illinois, they have that whole, you know, atmosphere. Gesture uh, Farm to glass, yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah, the, the thing that you can go, like, honestly, the shittier the picnic table, the better. Yeah. Especially if there's like a big breezeway where you just sit outside. It can be 95. Yesterday was a perfect example of it. Yesterday? I can't remember days anymore. But it was 95 or so degrees here in Louisville. But we had 20% humidity. There was a breeze. And it was, it was great. It was fine. Today, it's like the same temperature. It's like 70% humidity because it is the Ohio Valley, folks. And it's kind of miserable outside. You like have to push things out of your way while you're walking, which is the air. So anywhere you can get kind of out of the city corridor and get some kind of breeze blowing through you, get a little bit of kind of tree vibes, nature things blowing, rustling through the grass. Yeah, yeah. I think you took you took my answer um, on the farm side. I was going to say Texas because it's like a heat, but it's a little dry and the capacity out there, <clears throat> it's all very open and kind of like farmland. Um, you said Jester King already. I mean, places like Live Oak or uh austin beer garden brewing where it's just like there's patio get too hot you walk inside chill out have some food go back in um i will second that with places that well yeah austin in general but uh places that have water so maybe Mm -hmm. uh, yeah like seattle if you want to go out to like pike place and walk along the market there um you got you know cold water off the coast and then you know a nice little breeze coming through and you can just chill out um it, and honestly, like the best beer for heat is just the one that quenches your thirst. Yes. <laughs> that was that was such a yeah. thing a week ago when it was, you know, heat index of 109 here. And it's like, I, I haven't drank anything in the last three days. But like this beer might be the best beer ever because it's just so cold, so good, so crisp. I have three, two. I thought two. I have three shout outs for this one. So number one, like you just said, light. I'll do two quickly and then one that we can pontificate on if we want. Light, tart, sour, kind of like a light Gosa or even a light Berliner. Something with a little bit of acidity in it just for some reason is very thirst quenching as like a lawnmower beer or whatever. So anywhere you can kind of go to get a little bit of a little bit of a tart boy, but not super sour. I like the Um, salty aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of salt, too. Like we said last week with the Fall City beer, those electrolytes uh, coming in to help uh, replenish your nervous system and whatnot. Number two, Micheladas. Buy some cheap Mexican cerveza or even better, get a locally made Mexican cerveza. Get your favorite kind of like Bloody Mary mix or Clamato or I like the Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix. Um, Do figure out your own proportions, but just a little bit of a Bloody Mary mix dumped into a very light kind of Mexican or American style lager. Super good for hot days. Number three shout out. And this is the one we can talk about. So uh, my girlfriend, Courtney, shout out. Uh, friend of the show 
<laughs> just recently wait, took care. does courtney listen to this oh fuck no absolutely not she makes a point not to i think sometimes she hears snippets when i'm editing and she just shakes her head and walks by um but she took a trip to the caribbean and uh down there it's a thing that people do and i guess this happens everywhere but you can get like pool bars mm-hmm. where you can be in a pool and then just kind of go up to a bar and get a beer or a drink or anything louisville who is going to be the brewery that opens up the first pool bar and against the grain are you going to buy turners and turn it into a pool bar <laughs> okay that's yeah. really Tur- what i want yeah, to know here. Tur- turners would be the place to yeah. do it uh i don't know um have you ever done a pool bar i've not Actually, I want to say that I have, um, but it's been, you know what? I was somewhere when I was like 18 uh, in South Carolina, and I and I did it. Uh, I wasn't supposed to because I was 18. Uh, well, but, that but was yeah. back in the 70s. It was legal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's a really cool concept, and that should happen eventually. Um, but, you know, that'd be interesting, though, just look, to have a, a, a temporary, like, brewery tap room somewhere by a pool yeah. on a barge on a barge or uh, we, we mentioned against the grain but maybe atrium when they do expand could buy shelby park and turn it back into the old like pool complex oh yeah. and they could put a little atrium tiki bar slap oh my gosh this actually this is intellectual property one now. one last free idea who's going to be the first uh brewery to to brew a beer on the bill of louisville Ooh, that's that's some that's some brew dog shit it's a, it's a steam engine steam uh, beer no we can't call it that because that's uh legally owned by oh Anderson. you're right yeah we could we could rant about that maybe we'll save that for a few uh, we'll, we'll, like we'll the, save that the, for when we hook up to collab that's that's the jefferson's ocean story too oh yeah it's the barrels on the boat <laughs> yeah that they send right. across the you know yeah Atlantic. because and all also right, the, I'm cutting the waves all this. this is all going into louisville Trail intellectual property uh subfolder no just for the waves of the ocean it sloshes around the juice in the barrel yeah and then like it gives you more contact with the barrel so it ages faster and shipping port has a beer called eddie so all i'm saying is shipping port would make sense for that in my opinion but you know again we're not going to release this to the public this is all getting archived that's why yeah that goes around and around yeah yeah, it's an eddie if you watched the episodes five times ago yeah (laughs) i asked about that Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I remember I, i watched the episodes believe it or not all right. I, I will, uh, you know, uh, just to put a bow on this, sure. I will say another place locally that has that atmosphere of just like go outside when you feel like going outside because it's nice and spacious, but then inside, um, Floyd County Brewing Company. Yeah. Brewing Company. Also that. Uh, <laughs> As but, you hold up a bush latte. <laughs> but no, no yeah, uh, Floyd County is awesome. Floyd County, like it's, it's a music venue and beer garden. Renaissance Festival venue. <laughs> Renaissance Festival <laughs> venue, which is amazing. Uh, but yeah, like they have, t- they have like two different spots you can go inside and have a beer, but then also you can go outside in the beer garden, uh, and just enjoy the, like the huge gravel space. Yeah. Uh, if there's a show going on, that'd be cool too. Um, but like I said earlier that this is my theory, just the worse in shape, the picnic tables and umbrellas are the, like the more I want to have a beer there. <laughs> and while we're just, uh, if we're going to recognize Southern Indiana, uh, let's shout out the supporter of Louisville Ale Trail, uh, Upland Brewery. If you can't get a better, just sit on a patio in a hot day with a river breeze than sitting on the deck at upland yeah that's that's it's a good view of louisville it's beautiful all right well speaking of louisville uh there are some fun events going on around town is that a good segue just speaking of louisville 
Did I ruin it by like asking you guys if it was a good segue? You're doing that thing where you talk about the thing. <laughs> I can't. Okay. I'll, if someday I'll stop doing it, but only when it stops annoying you guys. We have a few good events going on. David, if you want to take the lead on this segment, we can jump in here where we can. Uh, but I think Holesopple was the first one coming up, right? No, that's not correct. All right. Well, go, go ahead, sir. Uh, the first thing coming up in Louisville um, this weekend is... Oh, this is, this is for July. Yeah. Let's get to it. Um, <clears throat> this is why we're here, folks. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the quality content that you've well, asked for. Since, since, I, since I put together this uh, this outline and writer show, uh, I can talk about some of these things. And then, David, if you'd like to talk about something else, it's going to happen after Monday. Do you have anything to share with the class? No. This is so well <laughs> well produced. This is why people listen to this. My segment's going to be great, which is coming up next. We 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 have the, this fancy new audio and these these fantastic new chairs. We're almost we're almost there. Yeah, we're, now we just need Patreon dollars to hire new hosts. Like what other what shape. other podcasts that you listen to do live producing right here. And and guess what? They 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 probably cut it out. We don't. We don't cut this out. This no. is all for your enjoyment. I'm so sorry though. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, we're we're close to the Fourth of July stuff, and uh, uh, whole Sopple, uh, I think usually has annually their their big uh, uh, red, white, and bruise bash. We um, shouting out places with good outdoor spaces that rhymed, and I didn't really mean for it to. You're a but, poet, and you didn't even know it. Oh, that's good. Holesopple is another one of those places where you can go drink a beer inside, outside. It's a great place to hang out, especially on the Fourth of July. Sure. Let's talk about that actually for a quick second because like <laughs> during COVID they put up this giant tent yeah in the outside of their parking lot massive map it's a circus tent it's guys. like as it, big it as their huge. tap room if not bigger it is huge and then they added a second secondary smaller tent right next to it as well that's the adult tent and it's just still there like I guess they yeah. bought it I, I hope I hope they did I hope they're not paying like improvise a monthly... adapt overcome never go back. I know they bought it, and I will say it provides excellent shade from the sun. Uh, they also built the stage out there, so now they have live music. Yeah, um, they really took COVID very appropriately, very seriously, in my opinion, and they learned how to make their business work around that. At one point, there was a drive-through for yeah. Paul Supple yep. to come and pick up beer. Um, so, you know, for a lot of places that struggled. Totally understand that, but for a lot of places that adapted, I totally admire that yeah. so much. Yeah, and Holesopple is one of the best examples. Well, everybody did great, but Holesopple really did uh, <laughs> buy a lot of tents and put them in their parking <laughs> because lot. Because to your to your point, like there's an outdoor area that people flock to and go to and hang out in, but it is just a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but you know you don't even notice like you just look past that because it you're, used to be just a parking because lot. there's like a giant stage there and lights and speakers and there's a giant circus tent around you and like some jugglers and uh, clowns might come out sometime. <laughs> they had it's, an elephant once. Probably it's Linden. You know things happen. Point is, is the Linden uh, neighborhood brewery, and so if you can imagine a holiday in Linden. For the neighborhood, for the family, yeah, uh, their uh, red, white, and bruise bash is—it's a big one. Yeah, uh, people will come out, and they're not even usually open on Mondays, but uh, they're going to be open that specific Monday on July Fourth. They're going to have a good time. They're going to get everybody to come in, um, and you don't got, have to worry about the tap room getting packed because there will be a ton of tent space outside. Mm-hmm. They got food now. Yeah, uh, Twin Spire Pizza. Yeah, 
Um, Because, you know, pizza and breweries. Make perfect sense. Oh, why hasn't anybody thought of this before? The next, another cool thing we have coming up. Um, I can talk about this one. Go ahead. Thank Go ahead, you. David. Thank you for throwing it over to me. Yeah. Live producing. Live producing. Um, every month we do a local industry meetup. If you're around, um, it's called Trail Tuesday. It's on a Tuesday, once a month. And unless it's on Friday. Unless it's on Friday. Um, but we really do extend the invite into the community, anybody in the beer, spirits, or just hobbyist world, whatever. Um, come out, come hang out with us. Uh, we'll be at Gordon Beers this month, uh, which is on 4th Street. <clears throat> and we'll be hanging out there, uh, probably drinking um, one of Nick's best Hefeweizens or Czech Pilsners. Crystal Weizen is my yeah. jam from them. Yeah. And their Pilsners, obviously. I like that you just said what I said, but that's cool. Yeah. Crystal Weizen, totally different from Hefeweizen. Can we talk about the elephant in the room? Uh, yeah, sure. Gordon Biersch has this weird perception locally and I guess nationally as well for being a like quote unquote like corporate brewery. Kind of like, like uh, what's ooh. that thing in the mall? BJ's. Yeah, but do they even BJ's no. even brew? Yeah, they might they somewhere like contract brew beer, yeah, but I but don't the, think they yeah, make they beer on site. Not on site. But yeah, like, oh, it's a chain. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go there. It's a chain. Guess what, guys? Nick, he's local. He's making good beer. Yeah, for, he's for, one of the for best everybody. brewers of like of all styles. But he's one of those people who can do classic loggers like well, almost they, nobody the, else. The thing is, they are a chain. That, yeah, they are a chain. They sure. are a thing. But Nick, time and time again, has proven what he can do, and his recipes actually make it into the fold of what Gordon Biersch is, making it for Louisville. You know, just unique. Like you can go yeah. to Gordon Biersch anywhere. They have to brew so many recipes that are kind of like passed down from corporate as anyone who brews any beer ever knows you can have a recipe oh yeah you can have every ingredient every detail and it will probably come out a little different um just due to any number of millions of factors how well you clean your system yeah. afterwards how clean your tap lines are the how water. well you yeah the water the but fermentation control yeah he, yeah, yeah he does have um a degree of creative liberty there and it does make things so much better yeah and honestly the food down there is good too yeah, so yeah, the food's great i just i just have like a, a small it's not a chip on my soul, shoulder i guess i don't really care that much but like i do hear people say oh it's a chain why would i go there because you know nick's a good guy yeah there are good people that work there that live here locally. And truly, uh, <laughs> Nick's part of the beer community. Like, he yeah. really, he help, he gives people recipe advice. He teaches, we do uh, with the Homebrew Club, um, pre-COVID, the last one. But anyway, uh, like Bruins down on 4th Street. Nick heats up a whole bunch of water in the hot liquor tank. Runs big old hoses out to that little kind of corridor uh, along 4th Street. He'll fill up your ton for you. And then, like... You know, a dozen or two dozen people, depending on the year, homebrewers uh, in the community and the Loggers Homebrew Club will brew a batch of beer, do a contest, and then Nick, uh, I think he let them pick the best one, and then he yeah. brewed it up on a big uh, big batch for him. So, huge part of the local homebrew community as well. And, and a, a note on chains. Yeah. Chains are chains. They're consistent, but they're employed locally. Yeah. And they're consistent. What what what's, What is a part of a chain called? A link. Nick's a good link. He links. He links people together through beer. He's a link in a chain. Anyway, it's a link to the past. Yeah. (laughs) Good NES reference. Uh, Any other notes on Trail Tuesday? (laughs) This is our best podcast yet. The chairs have ruined us. Uh, It's cushy and everything feels good. Yeah. 
was just so comfortable that like we can't we like we're listening to the sound of her voice <laughs> like, 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 falling yes. asleep. I'm so comfy. And we're so comfortable and we're just like, you know what, guys, just like just relax. Who cares about the flow of the podcast? <laughs> it's it's actually fun. an ASMR podcast. Speaking of ASMR and just kind of like having very experiential you get, that was another segue. Did you like it? Was it good? Was it better? All right. Just kind of taking things in through all of your senses. Uh, there's a really cool thing coming to Louisville. Um, you guys have probably seen it on your social media, and maybe you've even experienced it in Indianapolis or Cincinnati. Amsterdam. Amsterdam, yeah. Um, the Van Gogh experience. Is that the correct terminology for what it is? The, the interactive it's Van, beyond Gogh, Van Gogh. Beyond Van Gogh. Thank you very much, David. This is why you're here. Um, it's coming to Louisville, the convention center. And it starts, I think, 7 1. Is that right? 7 6. That's why you're here, Michael. Thank you very much. Uh, it starts on 7 6. We should, we're going to we take notes. Um, but yeah, if you guys haven't done this in other cities, if you haven't ever experienced it before, uh, we could try to sum it up for you. But they basically take over a gigantic yeah, space. Yeah, maybe next week. They bring in all these maybe, projectors maybe next and week. they just project um, Van Gogh art everywhere so it's almost like you're walking into a van gogh painting um that's going to be opening up so i think tickets are going to go book your tickets now and then we'll spill the beans on this maybe next week but we also have a beer collaboration uh with the beyond van gogh experience or whatever the terminology is there and a local brewery um that we're very excited to share with you guys too so just just mark that on your calendar because i have a feeling tickets are going to be kind of hard to get maybe we'll have better details next week well, yeah. Well, wasn't that enough to kind of, you know, it's a good, it's a good tease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 you know, it's fine. Yeah, but it's, it is July sixth through September third. I, I got that. Perfect. That Perfect. Right. So anyway, Just, all I'm saying is put that on your calendar. Cause, get, get get in your van and go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you haven't done it, you should do it. It's really really cool, especially if you do kind of like art. Uh, you also have to understand that another thing that we're struggling with right now is that it's like 95 degrees outside and we had to turn the ac off to not get the background noise (laughs) and we're like we're all starting to sweat and and it's getting to our head (laughs) we we don't have a guest to just like talk (laughs) top five (laughs) podcasts for sure but that's fine hey guys we're just so happy to be here right now you know we're having fun i think we should skip to industry news this is this is this is like some of the nice things about like hanging and working with your friends is that you can have a podcast and like sometimes like you just just go back you don't have to be so serious and be like oh well what is the weather like in zimbabwe today it's that was the next segment do you have that one ready to go so did you i don't know you guys i don't know how tuned you all are into like the homebrew beer nerds, beer whatever community. Uh, it's so hot. It's really hot in here. Yeah. Do you want to risk the audio quality and turn on the AC? No, just go. Finish. No, no, I'm turning on the AC. It's not worth it. All right, make small talk. We're just gonna cut this. Please cut this. We can cut it. I will. Hey, well, we can my beard. The beers we brought are sweating. Yeah, and that, that's kind of enough of a. All right, David, talk about this. Uh, uh, whatever you. I, I do actually want to drink uh, this. So, uh, dear friend of the show, Ricky brought me some beers back from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, this is what we would call a living lager, which means it's can conditioned from Zillicoa Brewing Company. Oh. Ah. Zillicoa Beer Company, Woodfin. North I thought Carolina. I brought that. Mm, no, I got it today. Oh, did you think that you had this? Yeah, because I brought some back with me last week, and I brought some last week. Well, Ricky brought this to me today. Whoa, 
funny how worlds intertwine. Uh, this is the Keller Pills. If you're unfamiliar with the Keller Pills, it is a basically a tank beer where it's either served out of the tank or a bottled can completely out of the tank. Um, and that kind of goes back to the can conditioning where they'll have a little bit of some live ingredient in there to kind of keep that fermentation and carbonation kicking for a little while. It, it is really funny because I was I was here uh, at Zillacoa in Asheville about like two weeks ago almost. What are these paper towels? And uh, <laughs> the paper towels are to wipe your sweat off your own brow. Um, now, uh, if you're talking about a place that has like a cool outside area, though, going back, uh, Zillacoa is awesome for that. I mean, you, and that's most Asheville brewery. Like you can just go there and post up and have a have a couple beers out in the the sun and in the shade and just enjoy the environment that you're in. I could have swore this is a beer that I brought, though. Like the entire time I was thinking about it or I saw it like on the table waiting for us. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I brought that last week and we just didn't get into it. So that's fun. I've never had this. Does anyone I feel like Chimera maybe made a Keller Pills at one point or False they, Idol. They make a Keller yeah. beer. Keller beer. OK, yeah, yeah. so what the difference is, this is a lager. I, no, they're both loggers. Okay, I think it's probably branding at this point, but and most Keller loggers yeah. are going to be Pilsman malt, anyways. That's very, very nice. Yeah, I really, really like that. It's like light and bright, like a Pilsner would be, but it's got that little bit of like Funk. funkiness. Yeah, you don't taste it even as much as you smell it. It's just <laughs> it's more of a feeling. Yeah, it's more of a feeling. And I hate to use the word cheesy to describe beers, but you get that little bit of like par like Parmesan rind kind of like funky weirdness in the nose. Is that just me? Speaking of peeling, I can feel my shirt peeling. Yeah, <laughs> it's very I'm hot not. in here, guys. My glasses are completely steamed up for a yep. few you all on our Patreon. Do you want me to read this industry <laughs> news since you don't have it? No, I have. Are you are you guys ready to go into industry news? Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Really, I'm ready. I mean, you, you're the host this week. John. Yeah, you you host. Yeah, this is this episode is your episode in particular. Oh my god, this is this is a train wreck. <laughs> so just so we're all aware, this is John's episode. So do you guys know who uh, Jamil Zanishev is? Yeah, he's the author. Yeah. So okay, that's a great point that we'll come back to at the end. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jamil Zanishev is a guy who's been around for a long time in the homebrew community, and then the broader beer community in general his uh the thing that most of us know him for is writing the book brewing classic styles which is more or less kind of a bible i won't say the bible because there's a lot of good literature out there uh but yeah <laughs> david has the book he literally wrote the book on um kind of how to formulate recipes that are gonna kind of be award-winning they all actually are award-winning recipes that he kind of compiled from different sources and brewed and perfected over the years uh, he, in 2010 or 11, I believe, finally kind of got out of just being like a beer scientist, beer writer, um, kind of homebrew extraordinaire and opened a brewery called Heretic, uh, which is in California. It's like halfway between San Francisco and like Sacramento. Um, so kind of that West Coast beer vibe or whatever. Very, very, very well-respected brewery. Uh, back in the day, the first time I ever heard about it was... Um, I think I heard about it watching maybe where the news broke, which was on Brewing TV, which was like a homebrew uh, kind of YouTube show made by... Is that on Hulu? No, it was Hulu didn't even exist back then, I don't think. 
It was uh, made by Chip Walton, whose current YouTube channel is Chop and Brew, shout out, um, but who, with uh, Northern Brewer, back when they were with their original ownership before they sold and then resold or whatever it is now, uh, but they did a little kind of YouTube side thing called Brewing TV, and Jamil was one of their kind of regular guests that would come on and talk. Jamil's also been like everywhere. You've seen him and heard him talk on like the Brewing Network, on uh, the Beersmith podcast, like everywhere, literally everywhere, in addition to all his like blogs and books and whatnot. So Heretic was always like a thing that was close to the home brewer and beer nerd's heart. They always made really good beer, very true to style, but then also like just solid out there kind of wild beers. Um, kind of out of the blue, uh, on the 20th of June, put out a statement on his social media with really no preface. Uh, just says, new owners of Heretic Brew have terminated my employment to, quote, save money, end quote. I no longer have any involvement with what they produce or how the business is run. So he just kind of blasted that out on Twitter, on Facebook, on everywhere he's on social media and didn't really give much commentary. Um, so <laughs> that was kind of wild for those of us kind of who have been following along with kind of the beer nerd or beer industry kind of like for over 10 darlings. Years. Yeah. For over 10 years. Um, we mentioned kind of the history. Uh, so that was that was kind of weird. I did a little bit of digging and um, he did sell his stake. It sounds like in maybe like November of 2021, uh, him and his wife, who had been kind of the owners basically since day one back in 2010 of the brewery um, to a company called the Craft Beer Cooperative, who I think maybe owns them and maybe owns also Moab. That was the only things that they really uh, advertised. So that might be their entire portfolio. Uh, but I did dig up a statement that he wrote back on homebrewtalk.com when that sale went through, and it said the following. I've had some friends ask about Heretic. Liz and I have sold all of our interest in Heretic to a group that's working on building a joint cooperative of breweries in the West. Yes, Liz and I could have continued on as financial stakeholders of Heretic, but the pandemic and my health issues have made us think that we're getting too old uh, to have our life savings tied up in a brewery. It was a lot less stressful when we only had five people on the payroll, but some things will change. Uh, but Liz and I remain with the company and still work every day at making Heretic as great as we can. So that was from back when the kind of ownership transfer took place. Now they just laid him off uh, to save money. Is it... Is it <laughs> is like, he, was he suggesting that breweries don't make money? Well, maybe. Yeah, that. I mean, you wow. know, you're not raking it in, but you can turn a successful... You can turn a, you can turn a profit and run a business, but yeah. Yeah. Um, no statements from Heretic or the Craft Beer Cooperative, which is the ownership company, have been issued thus far. This podcast has not reached out for content or for comment, rather. Um, <laughs> we haven't reached out for content. Yeah. <laughs> well, clearly, <laughs> clearly. Um, but I don't know. Does that? I don't know how much you guys know about the whole. Like, I don't, how much does that resonate with you all? Kind of being of the younger. Do you? You guys probably don't even really know who Jamil Zanishev is. Not really somebody who's important to you. He's an I've author. Not, I've not been intimate with. Okay. You're, you're on the like uh vu not to yeah tie the french back in i i'm not i'm not discounting anything he's done for beer um obviously sounds incredibly pedigreed i everything i'm saying right now is ignorant uh just on the fact uh but seeing people that were you know so passionate and in love with this industry 10 years ago being exited does raise red flags about where we're headed, what's changed, 
and um, the goals of craft beer as a whole. Maybe. Yeah, that kind of resonates how I felt about it as well. Do you have any thoughts on it, Michael? There's, their social media sucks. That's my thought. So that was what I was going to say here, too. Um, so you're the PR dude. You would If you were the PR agency representing them when they fired kind of the guy who was <laughs> their person, wouldn't you want to get ahead of that? Wouldn't you release a statement before you had an opportunity for the person to just put you on blast on social media? Say yeah. something. Or maybe not, but whatever. So no additional details have really been released as far as, as, far as I've been able to find. Uh, there was some online speculation about whether the parting was amicable. The phrasing of his thing makes it sound not great. And then uh, there were also people speculating about if he had gotten paid out fully yeah. or if he was. Ca- yeah, there, there are ways to go about that. So in general, PR stuff aside, in general, their their social sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- Twitter and Facebook have both gone months without really posting anything. Uh, they're pretty active on Instagram. Uh, the last thing that they posted was five days ago about bratwurst specials um so so some news since then uh if if i was in their spot um you know they have a distillery too by the way so like they they have some brewery and distillery they they have some money like presumably um if it were me this is not legal advice this is pr advice but also you shouldn't take it uh it's all just depending on what you need to do um Figure out a way to have these conversations before they get into the public eye. Yeah. Um, there should not be statements from one side and then a statement from the other. It should be a mutually agreed upon statement. Uh, in most cases, that's going to mean somebody's coming to the table. So maybe maybe he came to the table is like, hey, I'm not happy. I need to leave. Um, but maybe... Let, let's figure out some way, way to stay, say this and I'll stick around for the next month or if we find a new replacement or whatever. Uh, the other way, if they did want to like let him go for reasons, pay him out. I yeah. mean, just just make sure like, hey, let's let's we want to do this clean. Let's part mutually. Um, not everybody can do that. It but, just it makes me wonder what like the business looks like on the back end because you have it. It's like. <laughs> The fact that the word save money was in quotes is like, what what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. When things get nasty publicly, it's not really good for anybody. It's and, not. I mean, it, in, unless, you know, that that's there are exceptions to that rule uh, in, in certain cases and in, as we've seen in the last year or so. But um, are you talking about Donald Trump? No, I'm I'm, 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 ta- I'm talking about issues within our own within the uh, beer industry itself. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, that, um, yeah. Are you suggesting that the bratwurst night didn't go over as well as they planned? <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> actually, they had this big bratwurst night on the books. Actually, let's let's play that game for a second. There are two comments on that bratwurst night, <laughs> and I'm really glad I just brought this game up. Uh, first uh, comment on the bratwurst post: You're canceled, sis. Because they fired you. That's from. Is it from today? John M. One six four. That's thirteen hours ago. Okay. Wow. The news is spreading. Uh, and then two days ago, and this got three likes, guys. So, whew. uh, <laughs> this come from Wild Card Zone. I have to say that if Jamil isn't involved with the company anymore, I have much less interest in Heretic. Shame you couldn't keep him around. Wow. But so I, that guy sounds like he does like bratwurst, though. <laughs> he commented it's on like, the post. I really, I really wish I could get some bratwurst, but like yeah, any yeah. engagement is good engagement. 
Uh, I'll I'll wrap it up. Uh, but anyway, so I haven't. There were, he really Jamil uh, hasn't really said much more. Um, he made it. He replied to a few people who were commenting on his posts. And the general vibe was that he's kind of like ready to just kind of take more time to travel. Uh, he mentioned taking more time to write another book, which people have been dogging him about for years, um, and hopefully to create more media. He he anybody who's gotten into brewing. Uh, seriously, I guarantee you has read a Jamil book or listened to a podcast. Um, he's had a couple podcasts of his own in the past that are just like amazing resources. He's one of the best beer communicators out there. There are the, you know, kind of founders of the homebrewing or beer culture vibe, uh, like Charlie Papazian or John Palmer. Uh, one of the next people that I would think to put on that list would be Jamil Zanishev. So if this gets him out of a role where he was kind of you know, if he sold his interest in it, and if this is kind of finally a way to put a pin in that chapter and kind of move on to the next thing, yeah, then I've been doing something fantastic. much better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with the way that they handled this. So, uh, I, I got two comments kind of from uh, people digging that kind of illuminated two sides of this. I'll read them quickly, and then we'll put this segment to bed, and hopefully this podcast. Um, so, from user Mash Paddle on HumberTalk.com, not surprised. I don't mean to pile on to my past comment, but what is a conglomerate trying to brew beer in 2022 going to do with a guy who brewed beer like it was 20 years ago? Which there are financial interests motivated by selling as much beer as they can and as fast as they can. An 80 IBU IPA just isn't a seller these days. Jamil opened Heretic 10 years too late and basically sold beer based on who he was, which hasn't been a thing for a long time. I hope he moves on to an area of the beer or homebrewing industry where he can be passionate again and balance his life against his career. He still has enough cachet to reinvent himself in the industry if he wants to, but he always seemed a little half disinterested by the time that Heretic finally opened. Yeah, why well, no lactose and adjunct stouts? <laughs> he makes great beer. I mean, every no. I haven't had a Heretic beer for a long time, but everyone I've ever had, I've always thought 10 out of 10, like amazingly good. Uh, so to, to that point, there's another comment from user Sweet Cell on the same thread on Humbrew Talk. I'm a, I am a going to disagree with you about Jamil brewing beer that is out of date, unwanted, etc. His production has been growing year over year. Dash, that doesn't happen if you brew stuff that no one wants. For us homebrewers, we think Heretic equals Jamil. For the 99 plus percent of the country that doesn't homebrew, Heretic is just another craft brewery. It's that overwhelming majority that drives sales, not us Jamil worshippers. I completely agree that the new owners are interested in selling as much product as possible. If they decide that keeping Jamil around isn't going to further this goal, they're absolutely within their rights to dismiss him. The issue here to me is how he was dismissed. I'm sure GZ, <laughs> Jay-Z, not the rapper, Jamil Zanishev, would like have liked Heretic to continue successfully into the future. So the fact that he is completely distancing himself from this former baby is very telling. My final thought What's going to be important oh to many... the upcoming generation of beer lovers? Does this matter? Does this not matter? Why do people choose to drink the beer that they drink? Nostalgia? Is it the actual product? Is it like the social influence? Is it what beers are hot on TikTok? Any final thoughts before we sign off for this steamy episode? It, it matters to us, maybe, because it is something that we are ingrained in and that we that we're just like a part of we have memories tied to all these places to all these different beers um and so matt it just means more that's the sec saying it just means more uh i'm gonna 
I'm going to like copy a TikTok trend right now and just say like if the beer is a five, but the patio is good, it's a 10. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If the beer is a seven and the bartender's bad, it's a five. Yeah. So all these things factor in, you know, it doesn't, you know, there's some like uh, stock in like old styles, et cetera. But if you have like the coolest venue ever, you know, around the experience is going to make up for what you might not appreciate about the beer, whether you like it or not. I agree. I agree completely. So it's not really one thing. It's not a five star. The five star rating system maybe has screwed up all of our brains. It's a holistic experience to drink a beer with friends. I think if you get five stars, you've achieved like five different levels. Yeah, of sure. Success. Yeah, it's it's, it's all yeah. it's you're firing it's, on all different cylinders right now. It's a, it's experiential. It's a good beer. The service didn't suck. Yeah, uh, it was the, a nice day outside. I mean, people around you, you know, it was crowded, or, you know, not crowded or cozy, whatever. It's it's because the average person doesn't give a shit about who the brewer is. Like, no, I would I would actually say that, like, if, if you're the general population and you know who your brewer is, it's probably either a very good thing or yeah. a very, very bad thing. That was that's my final thought. And we can we can sign off the episode with this. But to me, what makes that like brand that you really get connected to? I always preach to you guys about like the 300 raving customers. The thing about like Jamil and Heretic uh, that maybe got them going was that he had that following. He had those 300 and more like people that were very committed to the brand. So figuring out how your business is going to connect with 300 people or more who are just going to be there every Friday night and who are going to become the people who tell their friends about it. And you know, the people who just say that your product is the best because X, Y, and Z figuring out X, Y, and Z is the hard part. Um, but that's what we're here trying to do for Louisville beer, but also figure out if your business can operate on 300 raving fans or if they need 1500 raving fans. Sure. And that just depends on what your business is going to look like. Right. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for wrapping that up for a third time. Yep. <laughs> just one last final. Come. Sure. That was sarcasm. Okay. Do you guys have anything you want to plug this week uh, other than me getting a bigger air conditioner? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll plug real quick another uh, brewery with pizza. Yeah. That seems to be a theme. Um, Noble Funk Brewing. Yeah. In the Sobro neighborhood, uh, right down the road. Uh, incredible pizza, great atmosphere. Um, they've been doing a variety of styles. So it seems to be rotating every time I go in there, drop in, have something different. I didn't have anything uh, beer related prepared necessarily, but I did pick up a book that I haven't read since freshman year of high school. And that is a, a wild book called uh, House of Leaves. Oh, yeah. Mark uh, Z. Danieluski uh, came out in like 2000, I think. And it is a it is a book unlike any book you've ever read before. Uh, you go. Uh, it, it's a story within a story within a story. It's about this tattoo artist who's talking about this this manuscript that he found and the manuscript is about a documentary and the documentary is about a house that's bigger on the inside than on the outside and um there are certain characters that have different font colors in it and some pages have footnotes and the footnotes have footnotes wow and uh some pages only have like three words on it and they're being chased in the book so you have to keep flipping the pages over and over again so it's kind of like simulate that chase scene in in it, it is a wild book uh i was way too young when i first picked it up 
it's a it's a big guy, but it's definitely one of the most creative pieces out there, especially considering that it came out like just 22 years ago. So U.S. American novel. Really interesting. All right. So Michael's been doing drugs. Uh, I'll just shout out <laughs> any of Jamil Zanishev's books. Brewing Classic Styles. It's not a good read, but it's if you want just a place to start with learning what goes into any of the beer styles that you love, uh, pick up some of his books in, in honor of uh, whatever's coming next for somebody that in this industry is is one of the greats. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us through this uh, trial and tribulation. It's li- literally 92 degrees in here right now. There's not enough uh, bush latte in the world to cool off these three uh, beer-loving gentlemen, but we do it all for you. And for those of you on our Patreon, thank you. We can do one more squeak out, squeakless rotating squeak for the audience. Uh, for everybody else, we really appreciate you guys listening. Wherever you are, it's only one quick click away to give us like a quick five-star review. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you guys again next week. Oh. Oh. All right. It is a lot cooler if you take the headphones off. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I couldn't have done it like that. <laughs>